0: Amazon's definitely taking over. Um, but like I said, if you have good customer service, which is, I think is the most important thing you actually care about people, you know, they're, they're going to see that. Um, you know, if you're just a salesy, um, just want to, you know, make the, sell the top margin products, people are going to see right through that. It's not hard. I mean, when I go into places, I can tell what, you know, how people are.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Behind the Supps. And as always, we try to shed a lot of light about what's going on in the supplement industry and also giving people an opportunity to hear from people who are involved in the space, different things, whether it's manufacturers or brands, people dealing with Amazon. Um, and today we have Sean on, who um, will talk and really discuss and delve deep into you know, the retail side of things. So um, as we cook up every time, uh, Justin, how did you connect with Sean initially?
2: Yeah, you know, I think um, Sean, right, he's a retail owner, and I've always said in this space that I've always held true that um, in retail is really critical when it comes to supplements, because I feel like um, with online shopping and everything like that has become so popular, but people still in supplements want to go in and have a conversation um, with someone and, and have that connection and have them really talk because you're talking about your health. So I think it's like one thing that's getting kind of ignored. So I think um, Sean I think Sean came across our page first and we just sort of started um, trading DMs and I, I started watching his content because there's a lot of sub owners that contact us and that follow along with us. But his is super interactive and I really like that. So I just started following along with all of his stuff and I was like, man, this would be a good story to, uh, to share with everyone. I think one thing we tried to do on this show is provide like a shit ton of value for listeners. We don't want to just do like an entertainment podcast where we're sitting around just bullshitting with people um because of who they are. Like we want like you to really get value whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you want to know about supplements, starting your own business, um, all that stuff. So I think Sean's a perfect example. So I'm excited to uh to get on here and listen to his story.
1: Yeah, awesome man. And and I and I we want to just add an addendum to that because I think um especially in our space it's very common like people just want press and they just want to kind of talk and it's kind of like a biography because everyone wants some you know wants press right so uh, we're very particular about who we bring on because the first thing we always ask is like are you okay to talk about certain topics because the point is that you're going to uncover something that people just don't know about the space or something that's like people haven't heard about so if you're not comfortable doing that we always are careful about who we invite on this is not a opportunity for press releases or anything like that. So anyways, without further ado, um, Sean, tell us a little bit about, you know, just briefly, um, a little bit about your background and, and your store that you're running and kind of so people have a frame of, um, you know, before you start answering some questions.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate you guys for having me. Um, so my background basically in the supplement industry, um, when I was 25-ish, almost 26, um, so it's been about three years, I had an internship when I was 25 selling supplements for an online retailer. Basically, I had a small inventory, which I kept with me at my apartment for um, college, and I would sell on campus. So I've always been like a salesman. I like selling stuff, the interaction, um, and I've always had a passion for supplements and lifting like many people have. Um, but I just thought it was cool selling supplements, um, and I kind of just wanted to do that. Um, that's, I didn't really have like a specific career I wanted to do um, or anything like that. I didn't really know anything about what I wanted to do. But once I, once I started doing that, um, during my time at Cleveland state, um, I really just found a passion for it. So, um, growing up, my family all have, um, my dad, my grandpa all have their own businesses. I like the freedom it offers, making your own decisions and stuff like that. So I just thought, you know, it was my, um, my thing that I wanted to do. So that's basically what kind of triggered me to start my business. And my first store that I had, this is actually my second retail location. Um, my first store I had was actually in downtown Cleveland, and I was down there for about eleven months. Um, so it was an interesting spot to say the least. Like it was, it was pretty, pretty busy down there. But as far as like a retail, um, you know, a retail area, it just wasn't the right fit. Um, I didn't have good visibility where I was. Parking was a big time issue. Um, even though there's not really, you know, there's no supplement stores down there, so like there's nowhere to go. Um, which I think is a big need down there, but there's just nowhere to put a store, honestly. Um, So I lasted down there about 11 months, and I made a decision that, you know, I needed to move this business, otherwise it wasn't really going to work out. Um, So I ended up moving east of the city, my hometown in Madison. It's about 45 minutes east of um, downtown. And I brought the business back to my hometown. Um, It was easy as far as like, or easier, I should say, for word of mouth marketing. Everybody knows me here. It's a small town. Um, it's only about like 15,000 people, I think. So not very big. Um, and there's not much out here. Um, we have one big shopping center right out front. It's like a a super center Walmart. So this is where everybody comes. It's more of a destination spot to shop. So that's really what the area, you know, just, just better than downtown, honestly. So this is my second location. Um, well, my only location now, but I guess the second store, I've been here roughly a little over two years, so two years and four months, um, and it's going well, honestly. And online, I launched my online site as well the first year that I opened my first store. Um, it didn't didn't do anything the first year. It's, it's got 6,000 in sales this entire year, so nothing. And that's, well, it's growing much faster than in store, but I have the online store as well and this current retail spot.
2: Right. So I think a lot of people would be like, hey, I love working out. I love supplements. I love talking about supplements. So let's start. Let's start my own business. Let's start up a store. But you also. Right. That sounds super simple. Yeah. But you also have like training within and within school. Like we always talk about it, it doesn't really matter sometimes what your business is. You have to have good business principles. Right. And I know, like you said, um, you study finance and things like that in college.
0: So I did my undergrad Um, and I had a bachelor's degree in marketing and then I was going to Cleveland state for a master's in finance and marketing. Um, I really wanted to be in finance. That's what I thought I was going to do. Um, but I mean the basic business classes, you know, they teach you the ins and out of like regular business stuff. But honestly, if I could go back, I wouldn't go to school. Um, I would have just did this right out of college and, you know, had another six years under my belt. Um, And just I think the best way to learn is experiences, you know, making mistakes and and improving from there, Um, because honestly, college really didn't teach me. I mean, there was tax classes, but nothing in depth to where I had to learn about taxes and marketing classes that I took are obviously outdated now. Um, They didn't really even talk about social media that much when I was in school a little bit, but nothing, nothing that you really need to know. So um, I did learn some basic business principles and stuff like that but like i said the the main way i learn is just from doing honestly
1: yeah man so let's let, let's go into um i think in a, something that a lot of people have asked actually we got a couple of questions um i got on my personal dm one on the um on the group as well it's like people someone wants to now start and it's like okay you know what i i feel motivated i think i have what it takes to open up a store what's the first thing you do like where do you even start like yeah you get a location but like, what do you even do you know yeah. Yeah. That's,
0: I, I get that question all the time. Like, how do you start? I mean, it, it was a lot of planning. So like when I first started the, the first location, you know, I came up with the idea. Um, it was in August and I didn't open up until January. So it was, it was quite a few, like, you know, quite a few months until I actually got up and running, but I was planning. Um, and you know, I did write a business plan for myself, which I don't ever look at now, but it kind of gave me like an idea of which way I wanted to take the store, you know, how I was going to reach people. I kind of laid out, um, you know, marketing and stuff like that, that I would do to get new customers and grow the business and stuff like that. So I wouldn't say a business plan is like totally necessary, but you need some sort of, you know, plan to follow at least to be, to begin with. Um, and kind of, you need some structure, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So that's what I did personally. Um, and like I said, now I don't even look at that thing, but, um, you know, I just did a lot of research for the area downtown to see, you know, how many gyms there were and, you know, what was the walking traffic and stuff like that for my area. And, you know, honestly, it seems like a great spot besides the visibility. So, um, market research, stuff like that. I mean, you really just need to study and like plan and prep. Um, you know, a lot of people always ask me like, how, like, how do you even like get an LLC? But, Google. I mean, you can find, you know, everything on Google and YouTube as much as that. It's like a crappy answer, but, um, you can find anything you want to know just searching. So that's basically what I did.
2: Well, I think it's interesting too. It's like, so, you know, you have a financial background, you have a plan, um, you thought things through, you did your research, but it didn't work. Yeah. Right. So it's like, then that's, that's when I think a lot of people they're out, right. They're their business is done. They're going to go try to find something else. So how did you, you know, you got to be quick to pivot sometimes. So how did you um, manage that whole, okay, this didn't work. So now I got to overhaul everything.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, growing up, like I also had investments in stocks. So like for my startup cash, I had something to fall back on in case, you know, the business didn't work at all. So I did have, a little bit of money that like, okay, if I'm unemployed for a few months or whatever, I have something to pay bills and all that kind of stuff. So I did have that, you know, I guess luxury, um, that not many people do, but, um, you know, I just looked at sales as how they were going, you know, through the first nine or 10 months, I was like, well, you know, I can probably make an okay living doing this, but I'm working way too much to, to only make this little amount. You know what I mean? So, I was like, I have to move or do something to to make sales better, or it's just not worth the time. So you just have to go for it, really. I mean, that's what I did. So that it, it worked out. You know what I mean? I guess not all the time it's going to work out, but luckily it did, or it is.
1: Yeah, so it's, let's talk about that a little bit, because I think when we hear the word retail, we hear, uh, the only thing we hear about in the news is how retail is totally dying. We I mean, look at you know all the reports are coming out um you know if anyone's into finance it's 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 a it's a bloodbath right now and so you know whereas what we see i think it's a little bit different in some of the supplement um in the industry especially with smaller stores they seem to be doing you know okay some are even yeah. thriving so if you can talk about that a little bit i mean what's the you know kind of the profit margins and how 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 sustainable is this business model you know today but also in the future, like you, what's the future like for retail? Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, GNC and vitamin, uh, shop cause they're, they're, they're different, but for like smaller, uh, independently owned stores like yourself. Right. Well, I think Justin made a good
0: point that this industry, people specifically want like, you know, face to face interaction. They want to ask questions. You know, you're putting something in your body. You want as much info as possible. You know, you can do as much research as you want online, but it, it's nice to have somebody that has used products and can recommend stuff and all that kind of, um, all that kind of stuff. So people are always going to want to come to supplement stores. I think, um, as far as like how retail is going, I mean, it's, Amazon's definitely taking over. Um, but like I said, if you have good customer service, which is, I think is the most important thing and you actually care about people, you know, they're, they're going to see that. Um, you know, if you're just a salesy, um, just want to, you know, make the, sell the, Top margin products, people are going to see right through that. It's not hard. I mean, when I go into places, I can tell what, you know, how people are. So, um, customer service is the number one thing. And like I said, I think honestly, small stores or re- private retail stores, especially supplement ones, um, the brands that you're allowed to carry because you make your own decisions, people want to look for certain brands like Vitamin Shop and GNC don't carry half the brands I have. And I feel like the brands that I have, those are the brands people want. They're more hardcore. You can't get them everywhere. Um, So I think that's another thing that really sets private retail stores apart from, you know, GNC or vitamin shop.
2: So how do you determine which brands you're going to bring? Like with, there's, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand supplement companies anymore. So you've got to narrow it down. You have like a really strong, like core group of uh, uh, brands. So like, how do you determine that?
0: Um, I mean, I definitely ask like on social media a lot. I'll run polls and stuff like that just to see what people are interested in. Um, and another thing I do, honestly, I'll look at other successful private retail stores and see what they're carrying. Um, you know, not to copy what people are doing, but I mean, it gives you an idea of what is in demand. Um, so what, you know, I look at natural body a lot. Like I look up to those guys and, you know, see what brands are, are moving in their stores and, like I said, I like to carry like more hardcore lines, um, ones that are just different, have different types of formulas and stuff like that. Ones you can't get everywhere, um, so that's really what I look for, for sure.
1: So, uh, and a question I have, but just from a legal standpoint, but like you carry hardcore lines, and I feel like GNC and all those, you know, bigger big box stores won't carry them because there's liability involved if something goes wrong. Who who shares liability? Like, if someone gets sick, is it you demand? some sort of paperwork or insurance or something from those brands or how, how, does that really work?
0: Um, really if somebody like if I sold somebody a product and they got sick, it would really be on the manufacturer on the brand. Um, I'm sure I could be liable to some standpoint, but ultimately the main liability is going to fall on them. Um, all the products I carry are definitely compliant and legal. Um, there's nothing that I, you know, maybe not legal as far as like NCAA standards and stuff like that for right. sports um, you know, laws and stuff like that completely legal. So, um, on that standpoint, like I really don't have much risk. Um, like I said, there's probably a possibility that I guess I could get in trouble like any retailer could, but really they would go after the manufacturer, um, or the actual company itself.
2: So if you, um, go back to like August of, you know, when you first started doing that market research and things like that, like, what would you now tell that person that Sean back in August and what would you tell him to like do differently at this point?
0: Um, do differently really like just the, the location I picked was just not good. Like you need to have a destination shopping spot or a shopping center. Um, that would be the main thing. Like I thought just because it was a crowded city and there's a ton of people down there that it was going to be a good spot and it just wasn't good for retail. Um, so as far as like what I would do different, I guess that would be the main thing. Like, just think about from a customer standpoint, where are people going to shop? Um, you know, you just don't go downtown really to, to buy products in general. Right. People are going to go to Walmart and then they see this plaza and there's other stores here and then they'll continue to shop or something like that. So that would be, I guess, the main thing I would say. Um, and maybe, maybe put a little bit more money into um, marketing because I really didn't do much at all when I first started. And like, you need to get your name out there. I was just, just had a smaller budget back then. So I was just worried I guess about overspending and not being able to get out of that hole. So, um, you know, spending more on marketing as well.
1: How much uh, does like, um, you know, I I think relationships, um, and like the network really matter in this space because, um, uh, to some degree, you know, I can, you know, I think I'm asking as, you know, people would have as, as outsiders coming into the space and I, and I think that a lot of the industry is super relationship driven where everyone just kind of knows each other and it's kind of a, sometimes an incestuous relationship. Some like someone is making a brand, is part owner of a brand, then a manufacturer owns something and it's, it's right. a very difficult space. Um, also, not just from someone looking at the outside, but from a financing perspective, I think that's why. A lot of big money, like institutional money, hasn't really gone the space because they don't understand what is going on uh, because everyone's involved and everyone's in bed with everyone else. So <laughs> speak about that a little bit. It's a very complicated um, space. And if you could speak about that from a, from a standpoint of retail, when you're out there pushing products and reps come into your stores, I mean, how much does that weigh into you know, factors of which brands you're going to push?
0: Um, I mean, I really, really don't try to push any specific brand or product on anybody. I really look at what their goals are or what type of product they're looking for. Like sure. I'll make recommendations of, you know, one of my top brands, like, Hey, maybe this could be a better fit. Um, but I really look at their goals and even if it's going to be a product that I'm not going to make shit on, um, I'm still going to sell it to them because that's what's going to help them reach their goals better or faster. Um, so that's really how I determine to what to push. Um, but as far as sales reps go, like, I don't care what any of them, Say honestly, like if I have to pay at a certain amount, like that just doesn't doesn't matter to me. Um, as long as customers, you know, see results and you know improve their bodies or, or whatever their goal is, that's really how I determine what we sell. Honestly.
2: Well, yeah, it's funny too because I think like right, that sounds like the moral, the correct thing to do, right? You're trying to help people, but it's also I think in this space, in the retail setting uh, for supplements. It's also like the financially smart thing to do because it seems to me like if you're focused on that one sale, like the long term value of a customer in the supplement space is unfreaking believable. Yeah. Like if you go in and you have a great first experience, if I come in your store and have a great first experience with my first supplement, I could be spending anywhere from thirty to two hundred dollars, maybe more, every month for the next fifty years, like in your store. So I think it's kind of fascinating, like the. The dynamic of some people that focus on that that one sale as opposed okay. to thinking sort of long term which i think is what you do
0: right exactly yeah i mean you're exactly right so the long-term value of customers like you said in the supplement industry is crazy so you know as long as you deliver results or or help them reach their goals better you know they're going to keep coming back and that's really how you're going to make the money especially in supplements um so like i said that's you that's how we how we do business here or at least try to for sure
1: so let's talk a little bit about uh, new brands and entrepreneurs in the space, uh, especially starting their own supplement line. Um, there's invariably the question about going retail and picking up distribution. Um, how does that really happen? I mean, you know, obviously, you know, budget and all that plays a role. But, you know, just from, from your aspect, what do you look for about which brands that you carry in your store? I think that's one question. and The add-on question to that is, is it worth it for startups to go and have a heavy push into retail or should they – go direct to consumer. What, what are your thoughts on, on both both of those?
0: Um, well, the second question, just because I was thinking about that, um, after looking at those questions on Instagram, I really think as far as like a smaller brand starting up, it's pretty critical to get into retail stores. Um, just because that's how you're going to get your name out of there, you know, out, especially without having a big like marketing budget. So like, you know, you could obviously spread your name on Instagram or, or, or Google ads or whatever, um, dumping money into it. But the retail stores are really going to help you get your name out there. Um, like Redcon, that's how they got started. Like, I know they have a huge marketing budget now, but you know, when they first started, it was the retail stores that got them going. Same with Bang. Um, that's really how they blew up. And now they don't, I mean, they don't really care about the retail stores, but that's ultimately how the main brands get started. So I definitely think it's it's crucial for small brands to get into stores. Um, as far as like our store, like if I haven't really heard of a brand, most likely I won't carry it. it. It offers no value to my store. Like nobody's coming to look for that brand. Nobody is saying, hey, you know, I want Joe Schmo's brand. Like it, it just doesn't happen.
1: Isn't that What's, a catch 22 though? Like, cause we were saying right? like, you should be in retail cause like that's going to help you, your ground game on digital but then, you know, if retailers aren't giving, you know, a lot of these guys a chance and what, you know, it makes sense why they wouldn't, because you need to put, you make your own margins. Like, so right. if you could combine that, because I, I actually get the question quite a bit about this, like, you know, chicken and egg problem.
0: Right. I mean, I guess it. I would say it depends on the retailer. Like me personally, I probably won't push a brand like that. But other stores that usually the smaller brands, the one thing they do offer is good margins. Um, that's like how they can really like, hey, man, we have the hardest hitting pre-workout crazy margins. So a lot of stores are like that and they, that's what they care about is their margins. So I feel like if you do find stores like that, I mean, they'll push your product and that's how you can at least gain some traction in the market. Um, but it's really any company starting out, it's going to be hard. You're not going to be able to get into every store. I mean, you just have to find which ones work and hopefully you can get traction that way. But I guess for me, it, it wouldn't work. So, I mean, like you said, yeah, it's, it kind of goes against each other, honestly.
2: Yes. Tough. So like, do you have, um, any kind of policies it change like from brand to brand about, okay, I'm going to take a shot on you guys. Like maybe we'll try some sort of, um, limited run and see how it sells. Is that kind of like part of the strategy?
0: Um, yeah, I've done that, especially the first quarter of this year, you know, several brands I brought in that haven't really done well and I'm kind of moving them out already. Um, so yeah, that's, if I'm not really all in on a brand, I'll bring in a few of their products and see how they move. Um, And, you know, if they don't, then it is what it is. I'll just move on. It's not like I'm going to take a huge loss. A lot of, a lot of stores are like scared to bring in brands like, like they're going to lose a ton of money that if products just sitting there. I mean, I really don't see a way that you're going to lose money. You could easily discount products at least to cost, you know what I mean? And just get them out of the store. So I really don't see... Like if you're on the edge about bringing a brand in, I really don't see like the negatives. I don't think you could lose money, honestly. So I'll definitely give brands that I'm interested in a try to see how they do for sure.
1: So on average, um, because these numbers are wildly varying um, because we sometimes people get confused with distribution and then retail and all these middlemen that are, you know, trying to do a little hand grab for, for, for whatever margins they can. W- what on average is, you know, margins, like where, where, where does that kind of range from percentage wise for a company, you know, uh, a supplement store like yours?
0: Yeah. So margins vary from product to product. Definitely. Um, I would say, you know, some products are, are close to like hundred percent, which is crazy. And then, you know, some are down like 20%. Protein's definitely the lowest, um, protein powders. You definitely make the least on protein powders and, If you're selling online, it sucks because they're heavy. So shipping costs are crazy. So I would say average for like across the board is probably right around 40%, something like that. Um, So that's, I mean, if you're hitting around 40, I would say that's pretty damn good.
2: Well, and that's kind of interesting. You know, you just mentioned shipping. Like uh, I, I ordered from you the other day, right? And it's at my doorstep in two days. Yeah. But I don't know if um, people understand, like, so is that you? You're physically, like, packing these things up and you're taking them? I think that's a whole step that maybe some people get, want to get in a space that they're forgetting. We all want our stuff, like, right now. right? right? But how does that happen?
0: Yeah, so most of the – well, all the orders are packed here, for sure. Um, most of the time, I would say we have somebody take them to the post office right down the road. Um, but if we do have a lot for one day, I would say, like, maybe over 15 – They will stop here with a truck and pick them up Um, and it's free, which is cool. So it just depends on your volume and and how many you're doing. But like if I have a big pre-order for a product and I have, you know, anything over 15 packages, they'll stop. So that's cool. Um, But yeah, all the all the products are packed here. Um, All the packages are packed here. So and usually it's me. Um, I do have one employee now, so that's kind of cool. So um, he can help when he can. Um, So but yeah, everything's packed here.
1: Yeah, it's crazy because we're so focused on digital all the time. But if you look at all the problems that uh, we have as entrepreneurs, and Sean just mentioned, inventory management, location, shipping, these are all problems that are analog. Um, so it's funny because we're so focused on digital, but most problems that we still have today in the world of e-commerce are just analog problems. And I think a lot of people aren't prepared. and they do not You don't see that, um, yeah. and how much effort is actually put in supply chain management uh, and shipping and, and, and all of that. So I think it's a big... Uh, a big factor in in consideration into that. Um, And I think an add on uh, a question for that as well is like, so for a store like yours, do you go um, and like pick stuff out from a catalog? You work with a distributor or are you someone that goes direct to the brands and gets, you know, tries to pick up products? And how how does that really work for you? And also for other stores, for people that don't know how that whole product selection and catalogs really work, work, uh, you know, work.
0: Right. Um, Well, there's, there's a couple of distributors that carry, a ton of brands. I would say the more mainstream brands, um, you have Europa sports, um, which also bought Lone Star, which that was around when I first started. Um, and then there's also muscle foods. Those are like the two big players. Um, and they offer, like I said, they offer a lot of the mainstream products. So you can, it's like an online website basically. Um, and you just add products to your cart and that's, and you check out. Um, but it's just wholesale pricing. So that's how the distributors work. Some, if you go direct with brands some brands are like that as well like first forms one where they have their own wholesale portal and have all their products with wholesale pricing and stuff like that um, but honestly most of my ordering is done like through texting you know I basically just have a list I send in a text and I, I order that way and they just run my card that's basically how I do most of my ordering uh, maybe some email but texting is just way faster and, and easier you, you get
1: text a company to. or you text a district who, who do you oh. text uh, usually you usually
0: have a, a designated, uh, rep. Got it. Uh, okay. Got it. So. Oh, if there's not a rep, maybe as a VP of sales or something that handles yep. this coast or whatever. But yeah, I usually have a, a reps number for, for each brand. So I would say majority. And it wasn't like that when I first started, most of it was you had to do it by email or through an online portal, something like that. But now it's, like I said, it's mostly texts.
2: Hmm. So, and I know one thing that I noticed about you, um, I look at a lot of um, you know, supplement stores on social media. The ones that, it's like you mentioned about, okay, if we're having um, like weather problems and there's shipping delays and stuff, the people that are on there are constantly communicating with their customers, not just about products, but about anything. Like I know you were like, we doing a lot of stories about how your shop was, there was, um, you had some like remodeling that had to be done because of like water. So I think like the ones that I've seen, um, that are more successful are the ones that are constantly letting people know what's going on all the time. Like other ones I see, um, people don't even get on the camera. I'm like, I just feel like me as an outsider, like you want, you want to know what's going on there, like at all times.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've had multiple issues recently that I've like let everybody know about that the flood damage we had, which was crazy and random. Um, so that was annoying because there was fans and stuff in the store for like three days. Um, recently, like at the USPS distribution center, packages were delayed because there was like a mercury spill. Like, how crazy? Okay. So I let everybody know about that because I was getting blown up and DMs like, "Where's my, package? you know, it's twenty minutes late." So um, yeah, I try to be as transparent as possible. I think that's key for sure.
2: Yeah. So how much do you think that that was? Um, that's played into this sort of surge and. Uh, Your growth is just how uh, well you've navigated, like, social media?
0: Yeah, a lot, man. Like, people tell me all the time, like, they like seeing more, like, insider, you know, videos and stuff like that. And, like, as much as, like, how lame it is to see me packing or whatever, like, people like to see that. People like to see that you're putting the time in and, you know, behind-the-scenes content and stuff like that. So, um, it definitely sets us apart. Like, there's only a couple other stores that really do that. Um, So... I definitely think it's, it's huge.
1: Um, I had a, a question, uh, which was you talked a lot about the importance of like, you know, independent stores offering in-person advice. And it's very difficult for Amazon to offer that personalized advice because that's not it's not scalable at the level that Amazon is at. So they're never going to be able to offer that. It makes sense. But you also um, I know from past we've talked um, you quite well in your online store and people order online why are people ordering online from like your store or from tiger fitness or all these other smaller online stores when there's bodybuild.com or when there's Amazon? Like why, why are they still doing that? Because, you know, if you're, you know, it's at that point, like there, that personalization and customization that you offer in person isn't there anymore. So how are you able to compete? Um, when it comes to, you know, selling stuff online.
0: Right. So a big part of it is what we just talked about, the transparency, like, I think a lot of people like seeing the background story and stuff like that. So they'll, you know, even if they're not local, they they still get the in-store feel and stuff like that. And I always respond to DMs any time of the day pretty much. Um I also have a new like chat icon on the site that it literally is a DM on my phone. So if somebody's on the site and they have a question, it's like a text message that comes on my phone and they can ask me. So I'm live and active on the site pretty much you know, 18 hours of the day almost. So the interaction is always there, you know, whether they're on the site, they're on our social media. Um, that plays a big, big role for
2: sure. Right. So you're almost like sort of building that in-store experience for them sort of online. Is that kind of the goal?
1: Yep. Without a doubt.
2: That's cool.
1: Awesome, man. And I think uh, to 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 wrap it up, we got uh, another question just came in, but people asked about your... Um, your Instagram and you're, you're super active on your Instagram um, and on your stories and talk a little bit about how that has helped you in your store. Because again, I, I think there's a lot of um, paradoxes here to some degree. And the reason why there's paradoxes is because there's digital and analog. That's why I mentioned that. Because you talked about the importance of location. Location is important. Um, yeah. But you also do a lot of digital stuff and you do a lot of stories. And I think people really enjoy that. You have a big social presence. So if you could explain how social helps you grow your in-store sales.
0: Yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of local people watch the stories as well. Um so just giving, like I said, like the insider view of like what I'm always doing, um, you know, how hard I'm working or we're working as a team, me and South, my employee, um, you know, it's kind of the same as online sales. Like people just wanna see the background story and they they like that kind of content or just more in-depth details about products and stuff like that. So even if people are local, they don't necessarily have to always come in to see, you know, more um, breakdowns on products and stuff like that because they're following it online. Um, So I guess that helps bring people in. Yeah. I mean, most people in our town or our local area definitely follow us on social media. I mean, it's, that's, I guess what, really keeps us in touch when they're not in the store. Um, I mean, I, I, guess the, like I said, the background story is really what people look at, um, and how I've grown, not just from a supplement standpoint, but just growing the business in general, because I get tons of questions all the time, just about business in general, because people want to do their own thing. So when they see like how the, you know, how I have struggles and stuff like that, cause I post them, um, you know, it helps create like something you can relate to. So people kind of just watch even if they're local or, you know, they're out of state or whatever. So I definitely just think that it helps people be more relatable to what we're trying to do, even if it's a different industry.
2: Yeah. I think um, one thing too, I noticed with you, everybody, no matter what it is we're buying, I think anymore, we want, we want to be catered to like one-on-one. If we have any kind of issues or some kind of customization, Um, I know you're, you're you're real vocal. You're just like, Hey, shoot me a DM and we can figure this out. There might be, um, some sort of barrier, you know, with selling a product or doing this and that. And you're like, well, just shoot me a DM or give me a call or whatever. And we can work it out. It seems like, um, that sort of builds that bond where it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. I would, I would like to spend my money with this guy because he's really trying to look out for me.
0: Yeah, for sure. And especially when I do that, like I, I always get messages from people just saying like, Hey man, thanks. I'm I'm glad you care. You know, stuff like that. Um, even if it's a small thing, like, um, you know, a customer will contact me and be like, Hey man, my package is late. It's not showing up. And even though it's out of my control really, and I can only see as much as they can see, like just track the package. I'm like, all right, well, you know what? I'll track it for you and see what I can do. And I'll follow up with you. And like, it just creates a really good customer relationship. And people appreciate that because it's kind of dying now in, in any industry, honestly. So, um, it's, it's key, you know, customer service is everything.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, that's, um, a lot of people as we're going the, uh, era of, uh, automation and, you know, in the tech space, I think more and more people are craving the uh, personal touch. And it's funny because, you know, if you said that 10, 20 years ago, people would want to sacrifice all that for automation but now it's turning around but the the trick or the 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 difficult thing is going to be to find out how to scale um you know customer service uh, on a large level so it can become as profitable as possible because i think that that's where we haven't really totally found an answer for um and that's why automation is uh so big, but man, I I think we got a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff, and we got a lot of questions answered. I got a lot of questions answered. um, Just to kind of wrap it up, where can where can people find uh, find your information, all the cool stuff that you put out on Instagram every day?
0: Yeah, so all of our social media handles is Nutrifit Cle, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, which I try to stay active on, but I'm more focused on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And I also recently started YouTube for some reviews and stuff like that, which I've actually had. I really want to focus on YouTube more because I've had really good engagement um, and a lot of like, you know, traffic coming from YouTube. So that's kind of something I'm, I'm going to start focusing on more as well. Um, so NutriFit CLE is our social media, our site, same thing, NutraFitCLE.com. Um, so yeah, you can find us on all social medias basically.
2: Yeah, man, that's good. I think uh, you, you're an awesome follow for anybody. So uh, I would definitely recommend it.
0: You as well, for sure. Supplements new, man.
1: <laughs> awesome guys well thanks so much for uh tuning in everyone can catch our episodes pretty much everywhere uh spotify apple uh you know itunes google play pretty much everywhere every platform that has a podcast bts is on and uh, you can always follow us on instagram at behind the subs or um at supplement new all right man sean appreciate your time brother and uh dude we can we, we got to do this uh again sometime yeah for sure i'm in man all right sean uh, thanks so much yeah uh,
0: thanks bud for-